What a great God. So thankful for the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles and want to be turning to Joshua 10 and verse 8, or you can just follow on the screen one verse of Scripture as we continue in lesson 2 of this series titled Victorious. Aren't you thankful for the victory? Used to sing them old songs, Victory is Mine, and Victory in Jesus, and I'm thankful for victory today. Joshua 10, the Lord speaking to Joshua says, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand, and there shall not of man of them stand before thee. You don't have to be afraid when the Lord's on your side. He gives us victory. Today we're going to talk about, uh, with this thought, son, stand still. That's not you getting on to your kids saying, son, stay still. This is when Joshua asked the Lord to do something mighty for him to, to stop the sun. He said, son, stand still. God will do that. And, and because our battles belong to the Lord, last week we talked about it. We've got to trust him to guide our hands. We have to trust him for the victory. Yes, yes. We say it all the time. The battle's not ours. It's the Lord's. Well, then you got to trust him with it. And today... Uh, we're going to talk about that trust, but we're going to have to trust God sometimes, and God will move heaven and earth uh, to bring us victory sometimes. Do you believe that? I believe he will. Come on, let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for the victory. Thank you, Lord, for the faith we have in you today. Lord, we have strong confidence in you, God, that you will deliver. So, Lord, today, help us to hear your word. Let it produce faith in us, Lord, in our lives as we walk, as we live. Lord, as we seek to serve your kingdom in this world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Give him a hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. You can be seated. God bless you this morning. Looking for a great time in the Lord today. Just excited about church. We trust God to bring us the victory. God will do it. And when we, this scripture, the story, if you've uh, read the Old Testament. Surely you have. A lot of people haven't. You'd be surprised. Oh, I, I get caught up. I can't read those names. I can't read uh, those places. I can't pronounce some of that stuff in that Old Testament. And, and some people think, well, I just want to read about Jesus. But if you want to read about Jesus, you should read the Old Testament. Because <laughs> he said, he told the Jews, he said, you, you, if you trust what Moses wrote, if you believe what Moses wrote, you'd believe me because he wrote about me. So anyway, Joshua is now leading Israel, and uh, he, they have uh, made a pact. They are allies now with Gibeon. But Gibeon finds themselves needing help because they joined themselves to Israel. There are five kings of the Amorites that have combined, and they have left to attack Gibeon. Gibeon sends messengers to uh, Israel, you know, tells them what's going on. We've got these five kings that are coming against us. We have got to have your help. And there's no explanation or reasoning in the scripture that um, Gibeon is under this attack except for the fact that now they are allies to Israel. Uh, but Joshua and Israel, they, they mount up and they start heading that way. And as they are traveling, the Lord stops Joshua and we get the scripture we read this morning. The Lord tells Joshua, don't be afraid. Fear them not, 
for I have delivered them into thine hand, and there shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua, now the, the armies of Israel, sure, they had great and mighty men, but one army is no match for five armies on their own. It don't matter how good you are, uh, the numbers will eventually overwhelm you unless God is on your side. What I like is that God's promise came before Joshua ever encountered one enemy. Oh, I'm so thankful for the promises of God today. The promise before the problem. Man, we can, we've got hope. That's why people can't understand why we have this peace of God. I don't understand how knowing that this is potentially going to be bad that you're not losing your mind because I already have a promise. As Paul said, thanks be to God that giveth us the victory. Already give it to you. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter the numbers. It doesn't matter how overwhelming it looks. God has already given victory to his people. There is truly, uh, without the song, there is victory in Jesus. He is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. There is some trust in chariots and some horses. But we're going to remember the name of our Lord. We're going to believe in him and trust his promises today. I remember Brother Ebhart singing so many times uh, in the church, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter and every verse and every line. And But if people would just shout over that. and say, That's not a very exciting song. Are you kidding me? Every promise in the book is mine. God has given us exceeding great and precious promises. They're already here. There's, there's the, that's why people don't understand. I, don't, I can't figure out why you're not worried. You're going to the doctor and they, they're going to give you these results, but you're not worried because God already said in his word that I am the healer of all of your diseases. A long time ago, he took stripes and by his stripes, I am healed. And so I, I trust in the healing power of Jesus today. What are you going to do? You lost your job or you might lose your job. There's a, the plant might close or the country might shut down. And, well, the Bible says that my God shall provide all my need according to his riches and glory. He said if I would seek him first in his kingdom, all these things would be added to me. Friend, they are just promises. That's why we can lay down at night and sleep in peace because we know that we are in the hand of the Lord. And, and God already knew where Joshua was headed. And he already knows uh, the nature of man. So he says, I need to see if you trust me. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that nobody's going to hurt you. But will you believe it? You know, that's a, if there's anything that can calm and shut down this freak out, panic, lose their mind nature of man, it's God's word. If we can embrace God's word, if we can believe God's word, man, I'm telling you, that's peace of God that passes understanding. Now, the Bible says that when our mind is on him, stayed on him, we have perfect peace. Because when I, I know that God's going to be on my side, hey, it doesn't matter uh, what the natural eye outcome is, God will take care of his people. And so when God says, hey, listen, go on and fight, He's really going to go into battle. When Joshua and Israel get there, there will be five armies. When they get there, they'll be outnumbered. 
When they get there, there'll be blood and guts and screams of people losing their lives. It's going to be war. It's going to be awful. It's going to be terrifying as far as the natural mind can see it. Yet they're going to march straight down to this battle believing what God said would happen. That God promised them no one would be able to hurt you. God was going to make sure that Joshua prevailed and won this battle. I love the promises of God. The promises of God are not just for the people or that we read about in the scriptures. Some, if, if it was, this book would just be, you could just say it's fiction. If, we, if it never happened outside of this book, well, it only happened for them. So is this even really true? But yet we have seen it time and time again. We have watched God come through for people time and time again. We've seen God open doors, make a way where there is no way. We've seen him heal the sick. We've seen him turn lives around, break people free of addiction. We've watched God just fix lives over and over again, do great and mighty works in our sight. We've seen God do that. I'm glad that the promises are not just for the people in this book, but it's for those of us who believe what's in this book. And we believe that God is going to take care of us and look out for us and make sure that we have what we need. The promises of God. Hey, well, let me ask you this. Is the Lord your shepherd? If he's not, raise your hand. Well, that, that's, that's unanimous. He's, he's our shepherd. If the Lord is your shepherd, then check out Psalm 23 and 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. This is a man who just said, the Lord is my shepherd. When you know that you have this kind of relationship with God, that his eye is always over you. You know, the Bible says the eye of the Lord is over the righteous and his ears are open to their cries and to their prayers. And, and so that's the way a shepherd is. He's always watching, but if he's looking this way, he's still listening. That way if something over here happens, he, he, can, he, you know, he, he can always pay attention. He, he always knows what's going on with his flock. And that's the way God is with his people. And so I can say with confidence that he's not going to go anywhere. He's going to be there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Oh, the presence of the Lord is comforting, and the promise of his presence is now forever settled because his word won't pass away. Heaven and earth, they say, will pass away, and it will. But Jesus said, but not my word. My word will never pass away you can trust in the promises of God. And well, that's David riding out in the field, and that's what David said. But hey, Jesus made promises too. He made promises to us when we, uh, to his disciples in, in the New Testament, so uh, we can trust that. In uh, John 14, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? I'm asking a question. You believe in God? Yes, then believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. If there was nothing there, if there was no ever after, I'd tell you. But I go to prepare a place for you. That's a promise. That the Lord has gone ahead of us to prepare a place. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Whew. Now there's a, prom there's a promise worth living right for. 
He's coming again. He said, I will come uh, again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Friend, the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen. Uh, there's no yea, nay. It's yea, 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 amen. It's going to happen. Jesus is coming back for his church one day. Uh, he's not going to let us get kicked around like a soccer ball until he gets here. God is on our side. We're not going to be defeated here uh, just so we say, well, I got victory there. We're going to be victorious here. We've already been given the victory here. And friend, there's nothing more victorious than living under the peace of God in a world that's just falling down around you. What a light shining in this world. There's other promises that, uh, well, uh, to everybody. There's still promises. Acts 2, 38 and 39, this is our the meat of our message a lot of times. And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is the promise. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, we're, we are in the all who are far off category when Peter originally said that. When he first preached it, he was preaching it to the Jews. He says, to you and to your children. But now it's also to all them that are far off. We were centuries away from even being on the scene, but the promise was still for us. A promise that Peter spoke over 2,000 years ago, and yet we have watched it come to pass today. Hey, Wednesday night, we watched it come to pass again. Brother Dalton was down praying, and as he lifted his hands and began to pray, the Holy Ghost fell on him. He began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. He, he prayed through the Holy Ghost, and, man, we just rejoiced with him. He's been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, just like Peter said over 2,000 years ago. Hey, that promise is a lot older than the printing of your Bible. It's a lot older than the second or third edition of your Bible that you just bought at, at the bookstore. That promise... Long before it was ever written down, the power was in it. It didn't have to be written down. It was for already forever settled in heaven. And I'm thankful today that God gives us the victory uh, no matter the odds, no matter what it looks like, no matter how long ago it was spoken. It's just as powerful today as it ever was. There are many promises in, in the scripture and we can trust these promises today. You've got, that's what, you know, that you've got to trust his word. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. Then believe what he said. Believe what he promised in his word. His word is infallible. A lot of people don't like to say that. A lot of people don't believe that. No, I don't believe that book is infallible. It was penned by men, and men wrote it down and translated it. Well, if I can't believe it's infallible, then how do I get to decide which part is true and which part isn't? How do we get to say, well, yeah, because see, people, will, when it gets to something that messes with their life, well, that's probably just something a man wrote right there. But, you know, but God said this. The Bible says that they moved and they wrote these things as they were moved on by the Spirit of God. They, uh, they wrote these things under that anointing of the Holy Ghost. And, and yeah, there's, oh, there's translations today that leave whole scriptures out, I know. And so I try to go back and look. I've got several Bibles to study from because I try to go back and look and see where everything's at. But I trust his word. 
I trust what I read. I trust what's been preached to me. I trust the Word of God today because I, I do believe that it will accomplish everything that it's supposed to do. I believe it's living Word. I believe, like Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And I believe the Word of God will quicken us and help us and move us. And not only do we have His Word, but you know, God still speaks. Oh, yeah. God still speaks. And uh, so if he speaks, well, that's his word. But I'll tell you this, that he will always speak in accordance or in agreement with his word. If God speaks to you in prayer, he will never speak to you outside of the lines of his word. He will not contradict himself. That people say, well, God uh, told me you know, this and, and that I could just leave this alone and not do this and stay away from that, even though the Scripture says that that's not for us anymore. God will never, ever contradict this word. That's, that, that would make him the author of confusion. God, I'm confused because right here you tell us to trust your word, but now you're telling me in prayer that I don't have to trust your word. I don't understand that. I'm confused by that. See, God's not the author of confusion. He will always speak according to what his word says. Uh, and, and so when we pray, when we get down and we, we give him our list, we, you know, we worship him, we talk to him, we praise him, all the good things. And we, we uh, itemize what's going on in our life and we're casting all our care on him and then we thank him and we get up and go. But what if we would just hang around for a minute and listen? if we would just listen to what God had to say to us? How, how would our lives be different if we took time to just listen to him talk? People say, well, I, I feel funny just sitting there not saying nothing. It's a habit you need to learn. <laughs> Some people want to do all the talking. The Holy Ghost needs to grab your mouth. <laughs> how many times did Jesus say, let him that hath an ear, let him hear? <laughs> you know, so shh. Hush for a minute and listen to what the Lord's saying. And, and, and uh, when you're doing all the talking, you're you giving information, you ain't getting none. You got to hear. Faith comes by hearing. Well, you got to take some time to listen sometimes so your faith can be built up. It, you, 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 we speak faith, but you'll never speak faith unless you heard it first. Because faith doesn't come by speaking, faith comes by hearing. That's the Bible. If you've never heard God's word, you can't have faith in something you never heard of. So, but now once you've heard it, now you can have faith. So then you can speak. I believe, therefore I've spoken. I have faith, therefore I've spoken. But how'd you, how'd you get faith? I heard. The, the disciples said, we have seen him, we have heard him, we have handled him. The apostles began to say, these are the things we have witnessed with our own eyes and heard with our own ears. That's why we have seen him alive uh, and before we ever saw him resurrected from the dead, we heard him say, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. And so it comes by hearing. So listen sometimes and then trust God to keep his promise. Just like Joshua trusted God. Hey, he will give us this battle. He's, he's already said, we're going to march into a huge war, a battle. It's armies, people dying on the left and the right, but we're going to win this battle. God's going to make sure that we are there. So they trust the Lord, and they go into this, and, and when they get there, it surprises these armies, and, and they get confused. They're, they're running 
back and forth. They begin to retreat and run, and, and uh, they're, they're fighting against one another. They're trying to escape, trying to get away. And as they try to get away, Israel chases them. They're defeating them, and God begins to rain hailstones out of heaven. And it says that more people were killed from the hail that God sent than all Israel or any of the other armies fought with, that they that more people than they killed. So God said, I'm going to get the victory here. I'm going to get the glory of what's going on. He, he was not going to let them get away. But as the day began to move on, they realized uh, this is not going to be complete if something doesn't happen. It's about to get dark. So Joshua, he stands up and he says, Hey, Lord, I need you to stop the sun. I need you to stop the moon. We need to keep the day. We need some daylight so we can finish this thing. God will always give us what we need to get through. We want to see it through. God wants you to see it through, and God will give you what you need to see it through. And if he has to stop the sun, if he has to stop heaven and earth for a moment so that his people can be victorious, he'll do what he's got to do. God, God will do what he's got to do. Hey, when he needed uh, to get rid of some wicked people in Moses' day, he just opened up the earth and swallowed them. Moses wasn't glad about that, but he said, hey, this is what God will do. You've got to trust that God will come through for you, that God will do things. That, that you've got to believe these promises. And, and maybe you won't see hailstones raining out of heaven on your enemies. I, I, I don't pray for God to kill nobody. But I'm, I, what I'm telling you is that God had promised them these enemies are going to be wiped out. But there are other enemies we fight that God will move. There are things in our flesh that we fight that God will move. There are things that we war against in this life and, and there are spirits that are destructive to us that could kill us and uh, take us out. But God will come through. God always makes a way for his people. And sometimes we feel like, well, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm weak, but you need to find you an ally. Give you a new, we ain't got no hope without our ally. They had made an alliance with Israel. And friend, we need to make an alliance with God. Who hath believed our report into who is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who, who, who trusts the Lord? Who's on the Lord's side? Uh, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm on the winning side. I'm on, I'm on his team. I, I've joined myself to God. And that's got to be more than just a word of mouth. Say, yeah, yeah, Lord, I'll serve you. Uh, you've got to trust him. You know, God, God knows if we trust him when we will just follow his word, when we will trust his word and live by his word. He, he told him in one place, why do you call me the Lord but don't do the things that I ask you to do? Because there's no evidence that you believe that I'm your Lord. And so we've got to believe. If he's our Lord, then let's do the things that he wants us to do. When, when we give our lives to him, the benefits far surpass anything you can imagine because he is able to do. We quote it all the time. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God will come through. I don't see en enough people getting their mind blown by God. You know, when he was here, they were always saying, whoo, I've never heard it like that. Wow, I've never seen that happen before. When are we going to get back to the time where God's people are going, whoo, I have never seen that. <laughs> what, do we think that that doesn't happen anymore? 
is 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 that we just think well you know, we live in time where you know it was it was like the wild west when Jesus first come out man they they were just you know they were just doing stuff and and, and making things happen because they had to really come out with a bang and then what just relax on us in this world uh, we need miracles signs and wonders but we don't need that without him we need him and we need the church to start believing in the gifts and the miracles that he gave to the church. Ah, if I believe in being born again, I've got to believe in the signs that follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. I said, as a body, we have got to embrace uh, that healing belongs to the children and that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover and, and stop being afraid to pray and think, well, nothing happened. Well, I touched them, but nothing happened. I went by the hospital and prayed for them, but they didn't set up. And give it some time. <laughs> give it some time. I, I, I've told this before about a young man that we went and prayed for in the hospital. He, he, they said, that's it, man. He, if he does live through the night, he'll be a vegetable. He'll never, you'll feed him. He'll be on feeding tubes. You, you know, he just, he'll be in a bed. He, he'll look at you, but he won't talk. He won't do anything. You'll just be taking care of him until he dies. You know, that's it. That's how it is. He had a bad motorcycle wreck, head trauma, and boy, it was, it was awful. Me and two other pastors, uh, his grandmother, uh, or actually great-grandmother, went in to pray for him. And uh, man, we just prayed. And guess what? When we prayed, with no lightning, with no thunder, with no voice, nothing. We just prayed. And uh, some of them turned around, walked out. Me and his great-grandmother stood there. We turned around, we talked for a minute, and we turned around and walked out of that room. As soon as we, we took a right turn out of that ICU unit, and as soon as we turned, I'm telling you, it's just like a big tidal wave hit us in the back. Just the Holy Ghost filled that hallway up. Man, both of us started speaking in tongues, just going down the hall, and it let off, and we turned left, and when we turned left, it hit us again. We, we went through them double doors into the waiting room, just talking in tongues and worshiping God. And I told her, I said, I don't know what all that was. I said, I'm telling you this. I said, God just healed him. I said, I believe that was virtue flowing out of that room. And all them kids in the waiting room, they was crying and all sad face. I said, I don't know what y'all crying about. I said, that boy will be up. <laughs> the Lord just healed him. I told his daddy, I said, the doctor's not going to give you any hope. I said, but I'm telling you, they're going to go by their book. I said, but I'm going by our book. I said, your boy's going to be all right. And I'm telling you, that, that boy's alive. He got married, had kids. He's alive well today. The next day, he opened up his eyes. He was supposed to, right before he had that wreck, he was supposed to be headed to, to the beach with his grandmother. And the first thing he said when he opened his eyes, they said he wouldn't even be able to talk. But he said, or remember anything. And he said, did grandma go to the beach without me? Tell me God can't do it. Man, it's, when we saw him, I promise you, I did not know a person's, head could swell up like that. They had stents trying to let the pressure off. It was, it was one of the most awful sights I had ever seen. But I'm telling you that God healed that boy that day. And oh my goodness, that, that power is still available. That victory still belongs to us today. We might be going into a battle that looks like, wow, we are outnumbered. I don't know what to do. But I'm telling you, when you can trust God, God will come through every time. God just asks you, just believe 
in me. Well, I, I feel weak in my faith. I, I, I'm not sure what, what I can do. Uh, I'm in a terrible place. Will I be victorious? Yes, you will. Give me, give me Psalm 138, 7 and 8. He said, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou will revive me. Ooh, this is bad. I feel like I'm going down. Wait a minute, I'm getting back up. I feel like I'm going down. Wait, I'm getting back up because God just keeps pumping that life into you. You will not be defeated. This will not beat you. Oh, it's trouble on every side. I'm in the midst of trouble. I, have, I got nowhere to retreat to because God don't need you to retreat. You know why they read about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego? One of my favorite words in their story is midst because they were in the midst. That means you're in the middle of it. You had nowhere to go in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. But there was somebody in there with them. Hey, hey we're not burning. We're not, we're not smoking. I'm not getting... Uh, uh, you know, no, no blisters, nothing's happening. My hair is still here. I still got my eyelashes and eyebrows. <laughs> you know, I'm still here. That's because I can walk in the midst of trouble and he will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand shall save me. And then he said, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. And that word perfect means complete. If you're not done... He ain't done. <laughs> oh, this is over for me. And the Lord's going, wait a second, son, I'm not done. Hold on, child. Hold on, child. It ain't over yet. Don't, don't quit. Don't quit because I'm not done. I'm going to perfect. I'm going to complete the things that concern you. I, uh, I called you for a reason. That's why, you know why, why Paul wrote all those things. Man, I was shipwrecked three times. I floated in the water a night and a day in the deep. I was beat stoned, all these things. You know why I kept, I lived through all that? Wasn't done. Wasn't over. Wasn't finished. They stoned me, drugged me out, left me for dead. Got up and walked off, kept preaching. Wasn't done. He will perfect that that concerns you. Uh, too many times we stop so short. We quit so close to God coming through. Oh, Because it's right there at the end when it's toughest. Every runner in a race feels good that first mile. It's that last mile that they suck in wind. Their muscles are screaming. They, they dehydrate and they, they, they stagger. And they, it's, it's, it's just all they can do to put one foot in front of the other. That's the, but that's where you don't stop. That's where you dig deep. That's where you say, I'm, I'm going to win this race. And, and, and you push on through. And that's what we do. We don't quit because God doesn't quit. And that's the, what I'm trying to get us to see there, these promises. God's like, man, you can be in the middle of hell on earth and I'll bring you out of that because that's what I do. This is taking my, all my strength. It's taking, then I'll revive you. I'll give you what you need uh, to, to be refreshed, to be renewed, to be, to be blessed. I'm going to give you what you need. And so he said, O oh Lord, for thy mercy, O oh Lord, endures forever. And then forsake not the works of thine own hands. That's why I said you need to stay on his potter's wheel. Because God will not forsake the work of his hand. Don't, don't, don't let somebody else spin you around and try to mold you. Yeah. You, you hear what I'm saying. You better be careful about 
uh, voices you listen to and, and, and people you let put their hands on your life. You stay on the, hand, on the wheel of the Lord. Let the Lord. Hey, they start trying to mold you outside of God's word. Man, you better cut them loose. You better get them on. Well, I, I could preach a while. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, I've I watched a lot of false potters wreck a lot of people's lives. We stay on the hand, on the wheel of the master potter, the Lord. I'm telling you, he's going to mold you. It will smash you in a little bit. That's all right. It'll be for a reason. I don't know why you're making me like this. It ain't for you to, to know it. God, the Bible says the vessel don't ask the potter, hey, what are you making? You just, I'm just here. I'll be here till you're done. The clay stays on the wheel till the potter's done. He don't put the lump on there and go like, wow, that looks good, and then set the lump off, finished. Oh, he's gonna, there's going to be some work. <laughs> there's going to be some work going on. And, and he, he don't stop till he's done. Because if he stops in the middle of it, takes a break, the clay starts drying out. He can't mold it anymore. It's not the same. He's got to work with it till he's done. Oh, I'm thankful for it. Thankful for it. But you know, what happens for us is we choose. You know, whenever you choose to live for God, you might as well know you, you, you just chose a battle in your flesh. Because... Once you decide to live for God, temptation don't stop. Trials don't stop. Friend, we didn't know what trials were until we started living for God. Come on now. You, I'm for real. That's the truth. Are you saying, that? well, then I shouldn't live for God? Well, no way. God forbid. <laughs> I'm not saying don't live for God. I'm saying, man, you just go on and realize that you'll make it through that trial. The trial of your faith, the Bible says, is more precious than gold that perishes. Hey, think it not strange, the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. God is, is watching every bit of that, and, and he sees every battle that you're headed to, and he's already there. See, God's not on the same timeline. You, he's already in tomorrow. <laughs> he's already down the road. <laughs> He already knows, and so he's already got the plan set up. He already re realizes this is what I'm going to do when you get there. I've already been there, so don't worry. That's why God can tell us, hey, just trust me. I've already been to your battle, and I went ahead and, you know, this fight's fixed. I've already won it, so you just keep walking to victory. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and take care of it. So, but, but when we choose to live for God, that's, that's why I think the writer said, Hey, remember the former days after you were illuminated? How you endured a great fight of afflictions? That you just, all of a sudden, it seemed like everything come against you? It happens. We have habits that we have developed over years. Sometimes they, they're hard habits to break. We have uh, addictions maybe that we picked up over the years uh, before we came to God, and, and maybe those don't go away automatically. And right away, and, and those are things that we that still come after us, but God gives us victory over it. God can cleanse us and heal us and fix us. I know he can. I, I, I've told it before. I'm trying to make sure I don't run out of time here. But I know how God can change a life. He can take somebody who, I mean, at the, at the point right before I came into the church, 
I, I drank every day. Not one or two days a week, every day. When I left work, I stopped and bought something to drink. And I got home, took a shower, went out on my little patio and sat there and drank it. Or some of them I drank on the way home. Sorry, I, I, I did. Thank the Lord I didn't kill nobody. But that's how it was. Then I went off on the weekends and we drank. When we played ball, we drank. Whatever We went fishing, we drank. We went hunting, we drank. It, it, we drank with everything. And I drank all the time. Hadn't had a drop since January of 1993. Haven't wanted a drop since January. Didn't want it. Don't want it anymore. No more chewing tobacco. No more snuff. Mm -mm. Yeah, that nasty stuff, I sure did. That was it. I kept a spit bottle in my cup holder. Yeah. It was nasty. Awful. I'm glad I quit that. I know my wife's glad I quit that. <laughs> Still got my teeth. Praise God. <laughs> but these are things that I tried to quit on my own, and I couldn't do it. But I'm telling you, there's something about the Lord that'll give you power. You know, Paul said it in his letter. He said, look, a man of great revelation and such a great evangelist and just a minister for the gospel, but he said, man, in my flesh is no good thing. And the good that I try to do, I can't figure out how to do it. And the awful things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Uh, he said, I know it's not just me. It's that sin that lives inside of me. It's, that, it's, all, it's going to keep fighting me, trying after me, trying to make me do things I don't want to do. And so, But we also learn to keep our body under subjection. Right. That's what Paul said. He said, I, I put my body, my flesh under subjection. And so... Uh, that I don't become a castaway after I preach to others. I, I myself don't, don't get cast away. I, I, I've got to do some things to make sure. I think, uh, did, I, did I put that in at 1 Corinthians 9 and 27? Yeah, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I, I myself should be a castaway. So Paul, he, was, he said, I'm preaching about things that you shouldn't do, but sometimes I find myself doing them. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite. I just got tempted. I messed up. It happens. It doesn't mean it's right because I did it. Uh, I messed up. I did wrong. And so I've got to do what it takes. And when you will trust God's word, like Joshua trusted God's word and went into that battle, they were victorious. And when we trust his word, we can li live a life free from sin. The psalmist said, hide the word in your heart and it will keep you from sinning against him. And so we need to put that word in our heart because out of the heart is the, are the issues of life. And so that's why we keep our heart with all diligence because we've put something precious in there, that word of God, and it keeps us living like we should live for him. So we have a part to play in this. When we turn away from sin and from the world, it can be overwhelming sometimes, the, the, the fight that comes against us. But when we use the word of God as our weapon. Whenever we test the word against the enemy, the word will always come out victorious. We always win when we trust the word. But we've got to take the deliberate, make the deliberate decisions that this is how I'm going to live. You know, there's a lot to be said about the power of our mind. I know that the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. But the Lord said prayer helps that. He said, pray that you don't enter into temptation. When we are praying as we should, 
and in his word like we should be, a lot of these things, we're going to get the victory over. We're, we're, we're going to win. We're going to, uh, we're going to have that, uh, that victory that we so desire because, man, there's just something about that, that, that prayer. There's something about that trust in God that, that man, we can believe him and the word will give us victory. It'll, it'll help us overcome. It, if, it, if it means what it says, then I can just, hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you can't just quote that and that's going to be over. You've got to make a conscious decision. And the power of that mind, the Bible says if there be first a willing mind, if you are willing to live for God and will do what it takes uh, to live for God, then you will live for God. You know what is involved in living for God? Falling flat on your face sometimes. That's the part they don't put in the brochure. That's not on the website. That's not on the media page. But the fact is this, is that living for God does include messing up. What it does not include is quitting. Well, somebody ought to amen that. Because we're going to all make mistakes. We're all going to come short. We're going to mess up sometimes. But we do not quit. You know, David painted that picture so uh, wonderfully in his psalm of repentance in Psalm 51. Because he had, not only had he uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba, but she had conceived a child and now he had had her husband killed to cover it up and then took her to his wife to, to smooth it all over. But then when it was revealed, hey, God knows about it, David didn't say, I don't know what you're talking about. Instead, David began to repent. And he said, don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Instead, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He said, and when that's over with, at the end of that psalm, he said, then I'll start teaching sinners in the congregation. I'll start telling people how you can restore, and that, that we don't quit, we repent. We don't quit, we seek his mercy. We don't quit, we don't turn around, we don't walk off, but we just seek the mercy of the Lord. So get that. Living for God, you'll find yourself nose in the dirt. It happens. The Bible says, though a good man fall, but he shall not be utterly cast down. But he's going to fall. I said this in one of the messages a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, being good and falling is part of our nature. We can be good, be living right, be doing all things right, and just wipe out. You can come to the music, whoever's coming, which, whichever honey's coming. <laughs> I, I got to quit doing that. I just got to start going like this. And Kaylin's honey. Yeah. Amen. I said this one time and give you an example. You know, when you're a child, you learn to walk, you learn to run. And as a kid, you know, when you're first learning the stuff, you fall, you fall, you trip, you fall. You, you, you're getting used to your feet, getting used to running, 
You learn to run. But I can think of a time, you know, from you know, probably my teenage years, I'll just start there, that I can run without falling. I can, you know, I can do it. It's, it's weird if you see teenage people just walk around falling, you know, and you, know, you learn to run and you learn to walk and you, you don't fall. You, you get your balance. You learn things and that's how you are. But, but then as you, sometimes as you get a little older, you, know, you, you fall. I remember the first time just like falling after I was like an adult. It was, you know what it was? It was embarrassing. It, it hurt, but I was looking around and see, did anybody see that? Because I was like, I was so embarrassed. Well, I didn't stay there because I was in the freezer aisle at Walmart. Yeah. Fell. Threw milk one way, crushed a loaf of bread. Fell. And two people standing right there. Sir, are you all right? Just go. <laughs> yeah. I meant to do this. But more than the hurt, more than it, it was in, I was humiliated, I was embarrassed. I was like, who just falls at Walmart with groceries in their arms? And guess what? I'm not the first. According to Fail Army, I'm not the first. It's, it happens. But I'm not still in the freezer aisle at Walmart. Amen. And guess what? I still go to Walmart. And I don't fall. You know, so in church, you know, you know what gets people most of the time? It's when they fall, they're embarrassed. Those two people that saw me, they were like trying to help me. They didn't. He wasn't filming me and laughing or pointing his finger or anything like that. They said, sir, can we help you? Can we help you? I was like, yeah. And I was getting, I was like, my goodness, you know. And they said, you're all right? And I said, yeah. Nothing hurt but my pride. That's what I said because I was just, I know I must have been beat red. Just, oh, my goodness. And I can't even believe I'm telling you all this now. The thing is, is that when someone falls, it's amazing how humiliation can drive people to hide, embarrassed, because I'm a grown-up. I don't fall. I've been in church 30 years. I don't fall. Yeah, you do. Don't be embarrassed. Yeah, there's, we, ought to be, we ought to have remorse over our falls. We should, we're going to feel some shame over it. But we don't quit. We repent. And for the rest of the body, we don't make them feel embarrassed. Hey, can I help you up? You know, the Bible says the hand of the Lord helps him up. Well, sometimes we're the hand of the Lord. All right. And we say, hey, hey, come on. Hey, it happens, man. It happens. I, I have never laughed at anybody who fell in their walk for God. I have cried over people who fell in their walk for God. But I've never laughed at them. Because let me tell you, I've been there. I've been there. And thank God somebody was praying and the Lord was good and merciful. And I, you know, 
us by the Lord's mercies, he said, that we're not consumed. It didn't end because God's merciful. So let's, let's stand together. I know I, I keep going. I just, I feel that today. I feel that for somebody today. That fall, it hurt, but it hurt your pride probably more than it did anything. That's all right. God still loves you and the church still loves you. And people that believe in you, they still love you. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times, whether you're on the mountaintop or the valley low. So as we close and we pray, we lift our hands together. If you slipped and fell and you're feeling a little bit of that embarrassment, won't you just tell the Lord this morning, I don't want to quit. I just want to be better. I just want to go on. So, Lord, help me up today. Come on, lift your hands and pray for a moment. Lord, we love you so much and thankful for your mercy that keeps us, watches over us, helps us, Lord. And, Lord, we have slipped. We have fallen. But, Lord, we do not quit. For those that feel that in their spirit today, oh, God, I pray that you would touch them, let them trust your word that this is a great battle to fight their pride, their, 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 maybe their ego, God. But Lord, let them get past that and in humility say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, that you could restore them, revive them, and strengthen them in this place today. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and mercy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, you're worthy, Jesus. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. The Lord's not done with you. God's not finished with you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I praise you. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, aren't you thankful for the mercy of the Lord today? Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God's good going to be a tremendous service this next service let's worship the lord together find a place to pray we're going to have a lot of visitors make sure you greet them love on them let them know jesus loves them let's have church god bless you